This is Chris McGregor. The work of Discerning Hearts really could not continue without your prayers and support. Between now and December 31st, please consider making a year-end tax-deductible gift. Click the Donate button on DiscerningHearts.com or inside the Discerning Hearts free app. Your generous support will allow us to continue the programming you have come to expect from us, like those from Father Timothy Gallagher, Dr. Anthony Lillis, Monsignor John Essif, Archbishop George Lucas, and so many more. Please prayerfully consider supporting our mission, which is dedicated to those on the spiritual journey. Thank you, and God bless from all of us at Discerning Hearts. Hello, everyone. I'm Chris McGregor, and it's a pleasure to have you with us for a series of very special Discerning Hearts Advent Reflections by Dr. Anthony Lillis, a renowned Catholic scholar and professor of the mystical spiritual tradition of the Catholic Church. As we prepare our hearts for the coming of Christ, we now turn to the timeless wisdom found in the writings of Cardinal Joseph Ratzinger, also known as Pope Benedict XVI. His work, particularly in Seeking God's Face, provides a deep well of spiritual nourishment for this sacred season. Dr. Lillis will read a selected passage from Pope Benedict's writings, offering us food for thought and prayer during this Advent. After the reading, I'll ask Dr. Lillis to share his insights and suggest practical ways we can incorporate these teachings into our daily practice this Advent. So without further ado, let's delve into the wisdom of Pope Benedict XVI with Dr. Anthony Lillis. A second aspect of Advent is waiting, a waiting that is full of hope. In this, Advent enables us to understand the content and meaning of Christian time and of history as such. Jesus made this visible in many parables in the story of the servants waiting for the return of their Lord and not or forgetting and behaving as though they were the owners of the property, in the story of the bridesmaid waiting for and not being able to wait for the coming of the bridegroom, in the parables of sowing and of harvest. Man is always waiting in his life. As a child, he is waiting till he is grown up. As an adult, he waits to get on and be successful. Later, he longs for peace and quiet. Finally, the time comes when he discovers that he has had too little hope when there is nothing left beyond his work and his position in life to hope for. Mankind has never been able to cease hoping for better times. Christians have always hoped that the Lord will always be present in history and that he will gather up all our tears and all our troubles so that everything will be explained and fulfilled in his kingdom. It becomes especially clear during a time of illness that man is always waiting. Every day we are waiting for a sign of improvement. In the end, for complete cure. At the same time, however, we discover how many different ways there are of waiting. When the time itself is not filled with a present that is meaningful, waiting becomes unbearable. If we have to look forward to something that is not there now, if, in other words, we have nothing here and now, and the present is completely empty, every second of our life seems too long. Waiting itself becomes too heavy a burden to bear. 
when we cannot be sure whether we really have anything at all to wait for. When, on the other hand, time itself is meaningful and every moment contains something especially valuable, our joyful anticipation of the greater experience that is still to come makes what we have in the present even more precious, and we are carried by an invisible power beyond the present moment. Advent helps us to wait with precisely this kind of waiting. It is the essentially Christian form of waiting and hoping. The gifts of Jesus Christ are, after all, not purely future gifts. They reach into the present. Christ is invisibly present here and now. He speaks to me in many ways in the present. He speaks to me through the scripture, through the church's year, through the saints, through everyday events, through the whole of creation. The world, when I am conscious of his presence in it, looks different than when it is obscured by the mist of an uncertain origin in an uncertain future. He speaks to me, but I can also speak to him. I can complain to him. I can present him with my many sufferings, my impatience, my questions, and the knowledge that he is always present and listening. If he is there, time cannot be empty and meaningless. Every moment is valuable, even though I am incapable of doing anything but simply putting up with my sickness. If he exists, I can always hope, even though others can offer me no hope. Old age and retirement are not the final stages of life from which one can only look backward. An even greater experience is still to come. A time that seems from the outside to be quite useless may be a time when we can achieve the highest form of maturity. Time is not devalued by Christian hope. On the contrary, this hope means that every moment of our life has a special value. It means that we are able to accept the present and fill it, since everything that we have inwardly accepted remains. What did you receive from that, Anthony? That beautiful teaching from the late great Holy Father, Pope Benedict. To summarize, you know, these two kinds of waiting. There are some people in our society, they, they don't wait for anything at all because they don't think there's anything to wait for. They've despaired, kind of a nihilism in the way they act. And so they're, as it were, bon vivants who live for the pleasure of the moment, even though it's not really that fulfilling for them. And so that's a, a dark part of our culture. And I always get very concerned. Uh, we have a lot of homeless camps here in, in California. The emptiness that you see in the eyes of so many people they're on drugs. Again, the life of a bon vivant pleasure for the moment is not because they enjoy the pleasure. It's because they're trying to escape from the pain of the moment because it's so meaningless to them. I remember talking to a young couple who were encamped in Skid Row in Los Angeles. I mean, what really saddened my heart was precisely this. They, they were young. They were in their 20s. They had their whole life before them, and yet their hearts were robbed of anything meaningful, even the possibility of it. And to try to talk to them about that. On one hand, there's something in them that wanted to believe there was something more, but they just couldn't. 
So obviously we need to pray for those people. The Holy Father isn't really talking about them as much, though. He's talking about another kind of person. In our culture, we probably call this person the politically progressive person. And, And by the politically progressive person, I mean the person who believes that a better society is just waiting for us on the other side of the rainbow. And so we need to do all this terrible stuff right now because for whatever reasons it needs to be done. After doing these terrible things, we will realize our dream and it will be utopia and everybody will be happy and it will be completely worth it. And so here the future, it's a political future. And and this kind of progressive can exist in liberal and conservative flavors. And so there's nobody really gets off the hook. But it's the idea of the end justifying the means. When we live with the end justifying our means, it means we hope that sometime in the future there'll be something meaningful, but what I'm living right now really isn't, except with reference to some hoped-for outcome result later on. The Holy Father says, basically, this, this is an unbearable way to live. Some people live it for a time, but after a while, you exhaust yourself because it's just not enough. You are trapped by your own way of thinking into a lot of self-contradictions. You, you sacrifice your own integrity. Whenever we allow the end to justify the means and we, we begin to do things that we wouldn't normally do, in order to attain some future result that we're hoping for. Our integrity is inevitably compromised and even sacrificed in the process. Well, that's what the Holy Father means right now. It becomes unbearable. So most of the ideologies in our our time, whether they're communist or fascist, and in some cases even uh, strictly material capitalism can fall into this. If I only get all the right material things in my life, I will have all the security I'll I'll need and I'll be happy. It's so elusive, that kind of happiness, because it's always just beyond your thing. Right when you get the things you think you need, then you think you need more. And the Holy Father is kind of saying, that isn't a very meaningful way to live. This kind of hope is a meaningless hope in a certain way. It hopes for an unrealized hypothesis. Christianity, though, it offers something really different. What it says is that already in this moment right now, Jesus is present to you. And with his presence, you have everything you could possibly ever want or imagine for your happiness, because he is all of that and so much more. And he's giving himself to you in love to be possessed by you. Granted, we don't possess him perfectly yet, but he really is given to us And he really does desire to take hold of us already in this present moment, which means this present moment is pregnant with meaning. It's pregnant with meaning because it's pregnant with a very personal and particular love, a love in which I belong, a love that gives me a place in life and a direction and a way to go. And so this means that the Christian looks at every moment then has a gift Every moment and all the circumstances that he's in, we talked about this in the first section, uh, even illness, there's a gift of God's presence in it, a, a grace that he's waiting to give to us if we approach the illness in the right way. And this is true for then for all the other things in life, the successes and the failures and, and the sorrows and the joys, all of that, 
there God is communicating himself to us because he's not abandoned himself to us. He's present to us. And this presence, when you begin to open your eyes and see that the world that God has made in his eternal plan, there's a goodness to it because this is the world that God has chosen to make. This is the place where he's chosen to reveal himself to you. This is the place where he's chosen to manifest his blessing and benevolence, make known to you how loved you are. The world is, in this sense, a beautiful gift to us. And I'm not trying to be Pollyanna, very aware that there's all kinds of evil and difficulty and hardships and tribulations and darknesses. And when you only see that and you don't have this kind of Christian hope that we're talking about, a hope that sees that God is already giving himself to us right now. When you see the evil of the world, the evil seems completely meaningless. You can become very discouraged very fast. The Christian, what we're doing with our faith, we're saying, yes, this is evil. There's evil around us, but this world was made for me to receive the blessing of God. Even in the difficult hardships that life gives, God is giving himself to me right now. And moreover, however wonderful the blessings I'm receiving right now, and they are indescribably wonderful. If I only could open the eyes of my heart to see them, they are inexhaustible in the meaning and in joy and goodness that is being lavished upon us. Inexhaustible goodness is torrents of goodness are being poured out on us, even now in this, this present moment. And as wonderful as this is, as beautiful as this is, this is just a shadow of the goodness that God is waiting to lavish upon us in the world that is to come. All of this anticipates a greater fulfillment. And so Christians live with a kind of hope that appreciates really all that's going on, all the whole drama of the present moment. And we choose to see in it the, the story of God's love being spilled out and poured out into our lives. In this moment, under these circumstances, no matter whether they're good or bad circumstances, God's love is being communicated to me right now. My, my proper response to that gift is thanksgiving. And I live with this thanksgiving for what I've already received, looking forward to, expecting with great hope, something even more wonderful that he has in store. To be a Christian is like, you know, when you were a little kid and the Christmas packages started to arrive during Advent, you opened up the brown packaging and discovered the bright blue, bright red ribboned box. And, you know, your eyes delighted and you got very excited. I wonder what's inside it. You already have the joy of having received the gift, but you haven't opened it yet. And as wonderful and as joyful as the time of Advent is when the gifts are starting to come in. Christmas Day for a little kid is even more so because you get to see what's inside. In heaven, the vision that Pope Benedict is giving us, in heaven, it will be that even more so. We look forward with great longing for what lies ahead because God is so good to us right now. We know that whatever is going to come, we are awaited by such indescribable love because right now we are so very loved in this present moment.
Thank you for joining us for the special Advent Reflection on the Discerning Hearts Catholic Podcast. We hope this discussion has enriched your spiritual journey and provided meaningful guidance for this blessed season. This has been a production of Discerning Hearts. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. We hope that if this has been helpful for you, that you will pray for our mission, which is to offer authentic and rock-solid spiritual formation freely to souls around the world. And if you feel us worthy, please consider a charitable donation, which is fully tax-deductible, to help support our efforts. But most of all, we hope that you will tell a friend about discerning hearts, and may you have a peaceful and prayerful Advent.